0: It's
1: Radio. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin.
0: And I'm Eric.
1: And tonight is a very exciting topic. Uh, We have not done a whole lot of anything other than psychic or witches in a while. So tonight we're going to be talking extraterrestrials. Uh, We're bringing on Elena Danan to talk about her book, A Gift from the Stars. Elena is an archaeologist archeolog- who spent many years working on diverse sites in Egypt as well as in France uh, and on Neolithic and pre Celtic uh, sites. She's a hereditary shaman uh, who has studied pagan spirituality and was trained and ordained as a certified druidess. She's also an extraterrestrial contactee since childhood and became an emissary for the Galactic Federation of Worlds. And as I said, we're getting her on for a gift from the stars, but she also has wrote another book called We Will Never Let You Down. So without further ado, let's go to the line with Elena Danan.
2: Contacted again and beamed on board a ship in 2018, November 2018. So that was... Recording um... in progress that was a catalyst i suppose um, because suddenly they explained to me and they told me the truth that they had rescued me that's why they were keeping on coming in my life and they say to me we are going to give you back your memory of one night that we've wiped out for you from my memory we're going to give it back to you uh, and uh, because you you're you're ready, the world is ready and then you can share it and uh, that that's after a year of ongoing dreams about memories coming back of a a horrendous abduction by a small graze uh i couldn't take it anymore um i i decided to go for hypnosis and just get it on one go that's what i did in december 2019 so um a year after uh, and then um, that was mind-blowing. And after that, I decided to uh, tell the world about my story and write this book. So that's how it, it was born.
0: Okay. Wow. That's incredible. Um, uh, was the reason that they um, erased the pre- that, that original memory, uh, was that, do you know if that's because they were just unsure as, how, as to how you would react to it? Or were they just uncertain of whether or not you would be the one to uh, I guess the worthy one to go forth and proclaim whatever it is that they were trying to show you.
2: Well, the reason they gave me, and I, I believe that, uh, is that uh, it was so traumatic that it would have disturbed my life, and I wouldn't have gotten to do what I was meant to do. Live experience, uh, life, human life on Earth, as I ha- I have experienced to this day, means uh, making mistakes. Um, uh, exploring a relationship with other humans and understanding how it works, etc., etc. If I had known from the start, the two things about this night of abduction and rescue, it was um, the abdu- the, the, what the greys did to me on the ship, on their ship was a violation and that I would have never wanted to have any physical relationship anymore because it was so traumatic. And secondly, uh, I, if I also had the memory of being rescued by my friends, um, I would have been so in awe and, and admiration and all my rescuers, my saviors, and I would have focused on them, all my heroes and stuff, you know, and not get on with my life. <laughs> so I think there's two things, and especially the trauma. They, they told me it's because of the trauma, uh, you know, and I, I, I thank them. In fact, I thank them. I'm thankful. Not to have remembered.
0: Yeah, okay. I would that too- makes sense. Um, wait till you're a little older where maybe you can handle that memory.
2: right? Oh, uh, right. I would have gone crazy. Uh, this, you know, the memories, how they do, uh, the good and the bad ones, if you can say like this, it's not really wiping out the memory. They don't wipe it out. Because otherwise, you, you wouldn't be able to re- retrieve it under hypnosis mm-hmm. or okay. memory. If you are able to retrieve it, it's because it's still there somewhere, but not at the right place. Got it. So they, they reroute it, you know. Right. So that's what they do. Okay.
1: So suppression over erasure.
2: Yes, they, they, yes, that's it. It's not erased. That's in, on a, sure. in a different file somewhere. You know? okay. And uh, <laughs> the, the thing is that the, that's the mind. okay. But then the body remembers. The body you can't uh, erase and cancel uh, the, the body traumas. Uh, for right. instance, some, I, I had PTSD all my life about going to the dentist. And all the abductees have that PTSD at the dentist for a reason. You know and the, the doctor and everything so uh, the body remembers so also you can try to retrieve your memories by working on the body memories so that it, that can work too i suppose oh yeah
1: so you talk about your saviors uh, early on in the book and how they had kind of in um encountered the ship that you were on with the Greys and and saved you from them. And it was multiple species on that ship, right?
2: Yes, yes. Uh, It was a scout ship uh, working for the Galactic Federation of Worlds. And um, there are a mix of so many races and species in this organization. It's huge. And on this specific scout ship, there were people uh, from different races. There were two Uh, Pleiadians, uh, Ahel, um, it's tall blonde with big eyes, and there was um, uh, a guy from Epsilon Eridani, a blonde Caucasian person, but different features, different uh, bone structures and uh, very dark eyes and thin hair. And there was a lady from uh, Sirius B, another race, the Tashkeru, small, triangular and triangular face and huge eyes as well. So that was the races.
0: Now, during that time, like, did you feel safe among them? Or was there any moment where you kind of felt a little nervous to be around so many different races?
2: I was astonished. I was, uh, you know, I was under shock because when I was um, saved in this gray ship, I was tied down to a table a metallic table i was uh over terrified uh it was it was super traumatic when i didn't know i didn't understand what happened there there were sound an explosions and and shouts and and uh, weapons firing and the door exploded in dust there's, there's no flames in space it's dust and uh Um, and I, I saw these two guys in, in space suit coming in. It was even scarier what, what, what's happening, you know? So I was totally terrified of them as well. I didn't know who they were. I was just nine. I was terrified. I was like trauma. I was paralyzed as well. So when they, they tied, they untied me and they they did one, one of them took me in his arms, um, It took me a few seconds to understand that they were good people rescuing me, you know, and I was. It it went so fast. Then we were teleported on board their ship, and I still was not understanding what was happening. And that's when we were totally rematerialized on board their ship. That I relaxed. I. It was instant. Because the air was more breathable. It was warm. I felt the warm on my skin. That was the first thing. The temperature was different. And that Mm. suddenly put me in trust. Just the temperature, you know. Uh, And then the lady, they they laid me on the table. And this lady uh, from Series B, who took care of me, she first put her hands here and she calmed me down. And there was a, suddenly a total trust, and that at that moment, I just was super relaxed. She did something to me energetically, probably, and then oh. then I understand that they were just rescuing me, rescuing me, and it was okay.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah, but her face, you know, her face her face wasn't was different than human faces, she was it was triangular. And big eyes. It was weird. Um, the vision of her face, I think it, it didn't traumatize me, but it, it impre- disturbed me. You know, when you see a human being, it's a human being. But right. Like deformed or different feature structure. <laughs> it's disturbing. Right. You know, okay, so, yeah. uh, I, I, I remember the vision of her disturbed me. The guys were more uh, like us. But okay. I remember I was a bit
1: scared of her at the start, yeah. I, Me, personally, I would probably be scared of, of any extraterrestrial, no matter what it is, just because it, as human beings, we're afraid of things we don't understand. So I, mm-hmm. I think that was just a very natural reaction for you. And not to mention how young you were at the time as well. So. Yeah, yeah, nine, no,
2: yeah. And you know the yeah the, the guys, the, especially the two Pleiadian guys, they were beautiful. So you know when you have beautiful human beings, it's it's psychologically say, oh, mm. they're they they're nice. You know that's right. stupid, but it works right. like that. The mind,
1: right. So, you've had communications with these these beings even after all of that happened. and, um something that I found fascinating, just reading through your website and looking at the book. Um, there there are multiple uh, extraterrestrials out there that have made contact with humanity. Um, and the one thing that fascinates me is, as a whole, humanity still doesn't believe that it's true. Um, but how many races have actually made contact with the human race?
2: Actually, there are about more than a hundred. Uh, I um, inventory at hundred ten in my book, but uh, there are more than that. Uh, that's now, but throughout history, there has been more. You know, okay. um, I, I don't know the numbers, but uh, a lot. A lot, a lot. You okay. know, we, we are, Earth is an experimental uh, ground for hybridization, all sorts of experiments. So people come and visit, they're curious, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's it's really intriguing because we've had multiple individuals on who've had experiences with extraterrestrials. And I would say about half of them um, have had positive things to say about most of their encounters. And the other half have just been horrified by it. And so- both have been authors, and you have two different sides of the story, you know, one saying, oh, these are horrible creatures, and they're no good, and they're just, you know, they're torment- tormenting and terrorizing humanity, and the other one saying, well, no, they're here to protect us. Uh, so it's been really weird to try to find out what is really happening out there, you know, especially when we have like government agencies who happen to know about some of this stuff, and they're covering it up. Uh, and that's been something that Justin and I, for years, have been trying to, to kind of get to the bottom of, uh, which is very difficult in most cases, uh, unless right. we have contact with uh, military personnel or something like that. Uh, but you know what? It's really cool. Like going through this book, you have a bunch of sketches that that are in here as well to kind of help liven up the sto- the stories that you're telling. Um, and it's really cool to see some of these devices. Uh, it's cool in a, in the sense that it's, Interesting to see them because they're actually very scary-looking devices. I would hate to, you know, be on that table and experience some of this stuff. Um, the one thing that I did want to bring up before we move too far ahead is at the very beginning of your of your book, you tell your story of uh, the very first encounter that you had, and it was a moment where. Uh, basically you were kind of hovering over your bed or floating in the air, but you couldn't move. Um, You didn't know what was happening. And then all of a sudden you saw this blinding white light, like it does a flash. And all of a sudden it was morning and you were hysterical. And it was, it was something that spoke to me because, and I've talked about this on the show in the past, because when I was a little kid uh, probably around eight or nine, I don't remember anything prior to the event, but all I remember is a blinding white flash of light. And I woke up screaming, just terrorized. And the moment I woke up, I already, for some reason, I connected it to extraterrestrial um, in a counter. I don't know why, but it was just there, but I had no idea what happened. All I remember is the light. And my father had to rush into the room and try to calm me down. And my entire life, like that memory is stuck to me, and I've never been able to know what happened. But when I read this, I was like, wow, that's like that flash of light is exactly how I would have described it. And it just kind of spoke to me. Um, I just wanted to throw that in there because it was just, it was the first time I've heard someone mention that light like that.
2: Yeah. So maybe, well, like me, one of these children. Uh- belonging to a certain type of bloodline who are protected and uh, looked after That's, that was my that is my case. Um, mm. I'm an extremely mixed genetics earth genetics extremely mixed um, and um, people who have this particular mix uh, are chosen bloodlines and especially some genetic particular inputs in it they are uh, selected by good extraterrestrials, positive extraterrestrials. What I want to say is, all the people, the the, the witnesses the, you were talking about who testified, mm-hmm. uh, they're all right. There are evil extra- extraterrestrials, and there are good extraterrestrials, and both there are two factions that fight against each other, and that's that's right. They're all right. Okay, so. Um, these blood some earth blood lines were picked because they have a potential and throughout generation and generation children are abducted by uh, it's the council of five it's a good extraterrestrial um, organization to activate their dna and enhance them that uh, when the moment is right means now souls of a higher frequency can incarnate in these bodies because they are sufficiently activated. Otherwise, uh, there would be a clash and both the soul and the body would be ill. So that's what they do. And that's what I was explained. I, maybe it resonates with you, maybe not. Maybe it will resonate also with other people because there are so many people also in this uh, situation. It's a particular uh, type of envoys. Some people called that star seeds. Um, yes, that's um, that's um, how I, I was explained it. So I was taken on board this, this ship. I knew that after that was revealed during my hypnosis mm. in December 2019. So I was a toddler, and that's what happened. I saw first um, a small gray, but not a Zeta reticuli bad one or similar. It was an Eben, uh, Eben sorry the ebon or something else, nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Little Eben, uh, it's uh, they work for the Council of Five, they're very nice, but it's, it's you know, um, still an ET, and it was very scary, it, it came from the wall, and uh, I just screamed, and then it, it went away, and during the night, I had this big flash of light in the, the beam, and I was totally paralyzed, and I, I floated, and then, my memory blank missing time. And the next second of my memory was I was coming down and I was still a bit paralyzed and I, I, I just screamed so hard because yeah, that's what babies wow. do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, when so. that happened, um, did um did your parents come and console you? Like were, were they, were you at that point able to explain anything to them or?
2: No, I couldn't speak yet. Okay. My granny came up the stairs and tried to comfort me. You know, you never know what babies, they can't explain. I couldn't explain. I was desperate. I <laughs> was very, it was like funny. I could um, think and compute, not like a toddler, like an adult, like a child, okay. I would say, like a child. Uh, I I was able to compute very well that uh, I had been paralyzed floating above my bed and back and paralyzed again. And I could compute all that, but unable to tell it. And uh, I remember that.
0: Hmm. So uh, how many of of these experiences did you have up until you found out the truth?
2: Well, Maybe a dozen um, okay. ab- ab- a dozen maybe abductions well invitations I say okay because this uh, so I had this as a toddler with uh, the Council of five a being named Anax who was an agarros it's not human um, was was looking after me then I had this abduction and rescue at the age of nine and then I kept contact with my rescuers uh, every about every, Two three years, I was taken and I had a contact, you know, either they would beam the same team, the same crew. Some of them would beam in, in my bedroom or s- sometimes I would be taken on board the ship and they would show show me stuff that was super, super cool, like sitting in the, the pilot's chair and don't touch anything, just showing you. <laughs> I was able to touch something only when I was in my 20s, uh, now I, I was bit more um, obedient and responsible so i was able to touch the comments but you know it is, it's a <laughs> <laughs> <You>
1: know, <laughs> <you>
2: know. <laughs> get the kids to to touch the control so and show me stuff like holographic uh, there was a holographic table with you can put your hand pass your hand on it on maps and um, 3d maps of the galaxy with plenty of very complicated lines where roots, you know, mm. uh, it was, it was very cool and plenty of stuff. Um, they yeah. took me for a ride. I had, it was nice. It was nice.
0: It's super mm. like, that's super exciting. Uh, when I was looking at these, these pictures, these drawings that you have, like at the map table is one of those things that yeah. stood out to me. Cause like, Oh, you see those in the sci-fi movies all the time, you know, Star Trek and all that. So to see that, these extraterrestrials actually do have something similar to it. Uh, it's just a lot of high tech, which we've already theorized. Most of us who haven't had the experiences that you've had we've theorized they're extremely high tech way beyond anything that humanity currently can do. Um, one question I, I, I want to just kind of. um, I guess, add to what I had asked before is just when you, you said there were invitations as opposed to abductions. Were there times where you personally like, reached out to them and asked them to come to you or do they always come on their own free will and then you just kind of accepted
2: i am my until my the implant i have in, in my head was activated by them at the age of 18 until this age all my life i was standing in front of my window or on the roof or on the balcony begging come back take me, please, every night, every night. And when I was 18, they, they, uh, sometimes they would come. And when they, I was 18, they activated the, the implant I had, uh, which was kept just as a health monitor and, you know, protecting me that the greys don't try to come and take me again. And when they activated it, it they activate the communicator, aspect of it component and okay. i was able then to hear them talking to me and i could answer back but only when they would uh switch it on and off got it it's only when they explained to me how to switch it on that i could now i can call can make a okay. call <laughs> and but that's only very recently uh, okay so they would they would always decide themselves when they would come right
1: when was it that they had actually put that implant into you?
2: So the implant, in fact, so that freaks out a lot of people. But I need to tell the truth; that's the facts. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, the implant was put by the Grays, the Zeta Grays, uh, as supposed to be a health tracker and uh, like a satnav, you know, to because when when you abduct kids into this hybridization program that's what I was destined to you need a health tracker and that will monitor when the the kid is ready and the the, you know for the girls the ovulation and stuff you know when to take it Mm -hmm. Um, but so it's Nebu Orion Gray technology is I think is the the most you know uh, it's it's very high-tech technology so this was fried. They couldn't remove it because where it was, um, they could have, but they had to be very quick because it was sending a pulse signal on the ship where they rescued me, you know. So either they removed it very quickly, either they fried it, and they decide to fry it because they say, um, we can recalibrate it to our frequencies, which is a totally different uh, technology. Um, The Galactic Federation uses uh, what we could um, compare to quantum communication, quantum resonance. It's uh, it's totally safe. You can't hack that system because you have a point A, point B, and there's nothing in between that you can just hack along. Mm -hmm. It's quantum, uh, similar to quantum. So they they recalibrated it to their frequencies. And that's how then um, they kept track of me. Okay.
0: okay. Um, but I have to ask, just out of curiosity, I mean, is this implant like microscopic, or is there so- is there something there that humanity could see if they wanted, to- if they took an X ray of your head, for example? Uh, do you know?
2: You. X- X-ray never uh, saw it. You need uh, a technology that is able to detect something that is in a higher frequency because okay. it's not visible uh, with and even on eyes and uh, with an actual uh, X-rays or things like that, or MRI, you can't see it. You can uh, probably uh, measure the electromagnetic uh uh, you know, of it, the statics mm-hmm. or whatever. You can probably measure it because when when it switches on, I feel the statics, so it's physical. So I think it can be measured. But we need um, technology that will be able to, um, uh, you know, scan things in a higher frequency because it's invisible. That's how they clog their ships. They, they they wrap the ship in a higher frequency shield and it becomes invisible, become okay. invisible, you know. This, this thing is... Uh, the way I saw it, I'm not sure it's metallic. It seems seemed like I'm not sure the material. It's the size of a grain grain of rice, okay. a little bit curved. That's how it looks like. Yeah. Hmm.
1: So on top of all of you know being being taken and, and then um, being saved, um, you're also a druidist, which I found super fascinating. Um, and, and an archeologist on top of that. Um, so when you started having more communication with them, was, was, were those memories suppressed so that you could get to that point in your life, like start that journey of, of doing these things in your life, um, is that why they suppress it? So you wouldn't be afraid of doing all of these different things?
2: Yeah. So it was more about. Um, I, I would probably have done uh, what I've done, but it would have make, made things harder because uh, I, being aware of this trauma of having been violated on by small grazes on the ship, you know, like, uh, it would have made of me somebody very fragile mentally. And, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have been maybe as stable and grounded as I have been, you know. Um, so yeah, Egyptology, yes, I, I became an Egyptologist and uh, I worked eight years in Egypt. Uh, when I came back to France, I decided to, um, by curiosity, uh, to... To learn about the pagan ways and uh, i became a druid um yeah so but uh, you know what i i sometimes i have no i mean a long time i have been shy to to tell about everything i've done in my life because i've often thought people will never believe me <laughs> i have i have the, the, the degrees i have certificates everything but you know suddenly people think i'm making up stuff but i don't
0: <laughs> well you know i mean and i understand why though you know it's like some of the these these stories just seem so out there in a literal sense in some cases because this is outer space you're talking about um you know and it's like stuff we see on tv growing up you know like watching the x-files my entire life you know there's like we want to believe, you know? Um, and so hearing these stories, it's like, oh, but is it real? Is it just sci-fi? Is it just, you know? But I think what's interesting and what helps your story is that there's so many other people who've helped to correlate that story, you know? And they are they don't know you. You got, you know, they're all different people who've never met. And yet some of these stories seem to line up. Uh, and I think that's what's really intriguing about it all. You know, and I think it's what offers, you um, a lot of us, the opportunity to understand the truth uh, that there is something out there uh, and maybe everyone experiences it different, but nonetheless, you know, I, it, it's hard to, for me anyway, it's hard to believe that humanity is the only, uh, the only creation, I guess, the only thing existing in the universe, you know, that's the universe is so wide and ex, you know, just so expansive. So yeah, it's, it, it's definitely, there are times right here, stories like you're telling, I'm like, trying to fight myself like no i don't know is this this can't be real but again it's just you know it's really cool to hear this stuff um i'm going to jump back a little bit here because you did say that that you've been on like uh been on rides in these in these flying saucers of these ships like how do you know where you went like just right around our neighborhood or have you been out like where have you gone
2: uh mainly in this star system um in the solar system um uh, around earth a lot uh it's beautiful what you know what um what impresses me when i see earth from above is that it's silent mm-hmm. there's not a sound and then you think everything that's going on down there it's so stress wars everything else i don't name you know um people suffering screams shouts you don't hear anything from above it seems so peaceful and i like to envision the planet you know like this uh, that one day people could feel that above there's peace and Mm -hmm. that should be on the surface as well um i haven't been on, on on the moon uh passed by once uh, I've seen the ISS twice, okay. but the ship was cloaked, so they didn't see us. Um, and I was the ISS. <laughs> I'm always like a little girl. Like, oh my God! Then Mars as well. Mars was a bit tragic because I saw Mars a bit too close. That's, that's, that's a story I think I relate it in my book. Uh, it was one of the, the time um, Thorhan, my, my rescuer and, and good friend, he allowed me to to sit in the pilot seat and explain to me how to drive the ship with the thought, by thought. Okay. And that's extremely difficult, extremely difficult. You have to bind, uh, to to bound, sorry, bound first, bound first, mind to mind with your mind and the AI of the ship. So then all your thoughts, uh, the AI will respond. That's very quick. And that goes very fast. Um, And he, you know, when you learn how to drive uh, in the car at the driving school, you have always the teacher who has, Spare comments that if you do a mistake. That that was Torhan. Yep. Okay. <laughs> he has very good reflexes. He has very good reflexes. Oh my god! <laughs> and he said, "You see that star there? It was a bright star. I don't remember what was what it was." He said, "Just focus on it, and the ship will go into this direction." The thing in space is when the ship moves, you don't realize it's moving because the the cabin has its own um environment and gravity and pressure so you feel nothing Mm -hmm. and uh outside unless you pass by something very near you don't see anything moving because the stars are so far you know it's not like in the sci-fi movie we see the stars like that (laughs) no you know it's so far away and so i didn't realize the ship was moving i didn't I, i kind of knew it because I was focusing on this star. And suddenly I saw um, a, a, an orb, orange orb with a little bit of white, um, coming from the, the bottom left of the, the screen. And I went, oh my God, is that Mars? <laughs> <laughs> and we, we went full speed on Mars. And I saw Mars from very close and Thoran just like blocked everything and like, get out of this seat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, huh. very bad. Women driving. Uh... <laughs> 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 so, yeah. Well, I've been to other, yeah, I've seen other planets, but uh, that's most the funniest. Okay.
1: <laughs> we have so many people that say that uh, humanity actually started on Mars and then came to Earth. Um, since you were that close, uh, did, did they're on, Explain any of that to you at all? um, After what you were seeing, or
2: well, there were there were colonies on Mars before there was a great war that uh, exploded a planet between Mars and Jupiter. Uh, There were human colonies, yes, and a lot of them escaped to Earth. But there were other humans already on Earth. Um, Yeah, there were uh, Mars colonies went to Earth, of course. Yes, yes, I can confirm that. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Now, I mean, with everything that you've learned and all the things that you were taught, is there I mean, do you have things where you were told don't share this with humanity? Mm-hmm. This is your our secret.
2: Well, they sometimes it's I'm never told things that I should never share. I'm told sometimes things when I'm I'm told wait to that we tell you the right moment to say it. So I, mm-hmm. I, I obey, yeah. And I, I, because I know I'm going to say it at the stage. So I'm, it's okay when the moment is right, I'll, I'll tell it. But uh, yeah, and I I have known uh, things, uh, sometimes I'm told things, and I uh, got a bit sensitive, yes. And if I say that, you know, I, it wouldn't be good for me also, for safety and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. I tell only what I'm told it is safe for me to say.
1: Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, something we've talked to several people about, uh, and nobody can ever really say for sure just because we don't really know. Um, are we getting close to full disclosure from our governments Um, as far as contact?
2: Well, the actual cells of the governments who hold the potential disclosure of the material will never speak because they will never say, uh, oh, um, we we made deals with aliens in 1955 to to sell humanity out to the the Orion Greys. They will never say that because when you say a little bit, it opens the door to all the rest. So they're like, oh, I'm going to give them crumbs. But there's something else that is happening is that two things. The people are encouraged to uh, speak. The, the, there's something uh, like a hashtag that uh, I've created with a good friend of, m- of mine, Robert All White. We are the disclosure. And that's real. Disclosure will not come from the governments. It will come from the people. All the abductees, the contactees, the experiencers, uh are speaking, are be, becoming more and more brave and courageous to speak. And it is up to the people to tell the stories and also people who have worked in the governments, people who are not uh, uh, responsible at high level, just employees, you know, people like Phil Schneider, people like, like this, who William Tompkins, who have just sacrificed a lot in the past to talk. People like these employees, simple employees who know stuff, or soldiers. You know, people who know stuff—they are—they are becoming brave to talk. So there's a big part of the disclosure that is going to be um, said by the, the the witnesses, people. That's one thing. But then the really the sensitive stuff that people like us don't really know about—the deepest stuff. Um, there is something that is called the Earth Alliance. The Earth Alliance—it's a military alliance uh, between the White Hats and the Galactic Federation of Worlds. So the Earth Alliance is in charge of the disclosure of the, the real stuff, the real da- data, the sensitive stuff. So they—they they have a plan to unfold and to uh, give—you uh, know—reveal things as time goes. But especially, uh, they are. Um, they calibrate their actions on, upon the, the ability of the, the people of Earth to get rid of the cabal and the, government, the, the bad governments. Because as long as the bad cells of the governments are here, uh, some technologies cannot be given because it will turn bad. It will go in the wrong hand. So there is a, a narrative that needs to be a little bit uh, reversed, like stop people must instead of thinking we are waiting for the disclosure to believe and to do something no do something and because you will do something it w- the disclosure will be able to happen because uh, there will be no more uh, bad guys at the head of the governments to to stop it and you know do stuff like that mm-hmm. so th- that's important And contact works like this. I want to talk about contact uh, after. uh, The the third aspect is the ETs themselves. The good ETs have also a plan for disclosure. It's to show more and more of their ships in the sky, which has started to happen. Uh, All the ships now you see are good guys. And people are seeing more and more and more UFOs, more and more, and it's going to get better. And also the, the secret space program, the good guys, especially the Navy, they're showing their ships as well. They're retro-engineered ships and the, the technology you can, you are seeing more and more these triangular TR-3B and uh, the, the upgrades of, of them, you know, more and more it, it's its happening. So that's a way to get the mentalities used to to the, the existence of extraterrestrials. And when everyone, everyone, everyone is kind of comfortable with it, they may, they may make contact, you know, Contact happens when they are sure it's not going to create chaos and when humans have sought their human problems. They are not here to sort out our problems. That's not right. So uh, right. that's what I would say.
0: Okay. So there, there's no time limit on it. It's just no. the extraterrestrials are being patient and however humanity, whatever we do, <laughs> you know, it's... It's all based on us really. Yeah.
2: Um, pa- patient not in waiting for something to happen. Right. Patient in ac- action, you know mm-hmm. Let us uh, okay, people who can do that uh, just try to, to, to change the system, you know, and uh, the white hats are doing that. Sure. What the, the, the normal uh, because we have no power upon the government, but we, we think so. Okay, no, no actual uh, practical power, but we have something very powerful that we all have the right to say no. I do not consent. If you stop feeding them, they wither. You know, stop consent to fear, because they manipulate everyone by fear and distractions. Every time you have a big distractions like the Will Smith stuff or you know <laughs> other stuff, look. What's happening? What, there's something happening. They want us mm-hmm. to, to be distracted from, you know, mm-hmm. things like that, and, and fear. Refuse fear, and do what you think is good for you and for your kids, and stop consenting to be manipulated by fear. That's our great power. We are in control. We have sovereignty. They, they make us believe we don't, but we do. If we say no, we are in our right.
1: Mm-hmm. No it's interesting you br- you brought up the distraction thing because the the current events that we've been having within these just past few months have really felt to me like a distraction and makes me yeah. really question distraction from what and uh it it could be a hundred of different things but they're they're always trying to do this it's not something that's something new, they've always been doing this. So it's interesting you bring that up because it has felt that way. And even more so before, like I- I've seen people's videos and stuff about you know they're they're just trying to distract us. Yeah. A- and they'll show different things as to why they can yeah. prove that it's a distraction. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Distraction and also misinformation. Oh my gosh. That's mm-hmm. huge. For There's a sure. um, misinformation storm that has hit the fan that just now it's like a few past month and it's like full on at the moment, you know, that's something uh, difficult to navigate through for everyone.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, it, it's as you are talking, they're like telling us about how it's. Uh, really up to to us up to the people to get their stuff together and it's also up to the people to share the news i couldn't help but think about many of the world's religions over the decades and centuries and how they kind of correlate in the same way um whether you know christianity buddhism uh islam all of it they it's always been when a deity showed up uh it was always up to the people to go out and spread the news um and there wouldn't be a, a coming, a second coming of that God until after everybody got their stuff together and the world was finally at the right place for the experience, for, for, for the deity to come back. Uh, and I'm, you know, just based on what you're saying, I'm seeing, again, another similarity here amongst many of these other, you know, religions. And it's, it, it draws a lot of weird lines to each other. As to because there's been a lot of discussion as to you know what exactly or who exactly many of the deities were in, in in religion you know were they were they are they actually gods are they are they some sort of spirit entity are they these extraterrestrials you know there's all these stories and hieroglyphics and stuff like that pointing to the sky uh, and it's just really a really interesting connection as you went and, you know shared what you've been sharing here.
2: Yeah, um, there, you know, I, I, I believe many gods were extraterrestrials. There were uh, different extraterrestrial colonies on earth uh, throughout history, and uh, they had territorial wars as well. Okay. And uh, the Veda in India keep a very good precise record of some of these wars. It's very interesting. Um, the, the Greeks as well, uh, with the the uh the gods of the olympus mounts i mean uh that's that's i mean the the olymp olympus the, the 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 castle of the gods lifting off the mountain in the air in thunderstorm noises and lights and coming down sometimes come on <laughs> <It's a spaceship>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, things like this yeah um i i believe uh many mostly of all the, the entities and they were they were ETs. Uh, because, I mean, they can be real uh, paranormal entities or angels, but you really, really, when we think about it, nobody has uh, testified of an angel, an actual real angel appearing physically. No, that never happens. We know angels exist, but they don't do that. They don't, ap- they don't appear in flesh and bones. It is do, you know. So at the time, the people were calling them angels or gods or whatever, because it's in the vocabulary of the time, they had no other way to call them, you know. The Anunnaki's were called gods because they were not gods, but to people, they had no other word, you know. Right. The Egyptian had, the word god in Egyptian is nature necher. necher means... Um, Um, sacred or um, of a higher place, you know, it's not really God, a higher place and um, I just learned that um, the name of our galaxy these ETs, they are all uh, agreeing to call it Nataru and Neter Nataru it's, I think, the the galactics probably Neter or Neter uh, in Egyptian Mm -hmm. meant galactics that that's you know, well, don't get me started on our like <laughs> <going> <laughs> We're here tomorrow again. Okay. <laughs>
0: well, okay, so I think the last question that I have for you anyway, um is, so in regard to just stand on the topic of some of these religions then, because you you said that um that many of these extraterrestrials, you have good extraterrestrials, you have bad extraterrestrials. Um, yeah. Do you think that many of these religions that have been started, if started by extraterrestrials were started mm-hmm. by various races of extraterrestrial to try to pull humanity in yeah. their direction? And it's more of a war between alien species as opposed to just religion? Um,
2: I think, yes, I agree with what you say. I think the Anunnaki, a bad faction of the Anunnaki, led by a, a guy called Enlil, um, has had a lot to do. They have had a lot to do and still have into uh, manipulating people uh, throughout, especially. Um, OK, I don't want to put your channel in trouble, but it starts by V, and it's in Italy. It's a bit OK. okay. Uh, <laughs> Okay. That Got
1: place. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that place is controlled uh, by them. And there's also um, a faction of reptilian, um, what we call the Draco reptilians. Uh, they call themselves Sikar. They are a lot also in the manipulation of different religions. What the Sikar like to do, what they do, uh, they're very good at it, is to uh, manipulate many different sides in a battle, in a conflict at the time. And they play pawns, you know, yeah. the reptilians do that though. So they have their pawns everywhere. Um, yes, I'd say, yes, the, by religion, you can you have power. If you control religion, you, sure. you're the, you know. So, yeah, believe that. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Well, Elena, you've shared so much information with us today, but it is about that time where we let our guests go Um, So I want to give you the chance where uh, you can tell everybody where they can find you, find the books, the mic is all yours.
2: Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure, really. Um, Okay. um, I have a a YouTube channel, Elena Danan, where you can find all my videos. I have a lot of stuff on it. I have a website, which is more interesting, elenadanan.org. There's an author page where you find the links to all my books who are anyway available on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles, but all of them is more Amazon. You have the total list and other stuff on my website. Just check it out.
1: All right, Elena. Thank you for being on Paratruth Radio.
2: Thank you very much for having me. That was really a really pleasure. Thank you.
1: All right, folks. That was Elena Danan, author of two books. Uh, the one we had her on for was A Gift From the Stars, and then she also has We Will Never Let You Down Uh, Really great conversation um, And Eric And I will get into that in just a few minutes But we're going to take a quick break You'll hear Eric's Random Fact of the Day A quick commercial, and we will be right back With Paratrooth Radio Now,
0: Eric's Random Fact of the Day Did you know that the majority of Americans Choose dogs over love? According to bestlifeonline.com, dogs have been known for the longest time as men's best friend. But Americans are increasingly taking that to a new level. A 2017 study from rover.com conducted over three years found that 54% of dog owners are willing to end a relationship if their pup doesn't like their partner. The study also found that 94% of dog owners consider their dogs to be a part of their family, and 78% include their pups in major family moments. Since one in four people said they bring their cuddly companion on first dates, maybe consider bringing dogs treats instead of flowers next time. (laughs) ¶¶ Welcome back to Parachute Radio. My name is Eric.
1: And I'm Justin. It's been a while since we've had a real discussion about extraterrestrials. Mm -hmm. For sure.
0: Um, This one was interesting. It's very informative. This book is actually very, very informative. And I really enjoyed the sketches because I feel like a lot of people try. In our experience, uh, we've had individuals try to explain um, things that they've seen or explain, like certain tech that they've encountered. Uh, and, and her book has actually been, uh, is actually sketched out with pictures to kind of show us what some of that stuff looks like uh, mm. as you were going through. Cause I know there's like a long list of various races and there's pictures that go along with that. Was there anything that really stood out to you in terms of either some of the tech that you saw or any of the races in particular?
1: Um I agree with you when you had told her that you appreciated the pictures because it is fascinating that she had so much memory even though she had to go through hypnosis to to remember it so much memory of the tech itself and that's one of the things I really enjoyed was that she actually was able to draw it out draw it out relatively well so that you could actually tell what it looked like or what it what it was um the extraterrestrials i've I've heard so many about so many different races. It wasn't a surprise, interesting more than anything I guess you could say, but mm-hmm. not surprise. Um, I, I one of the things she brought up just before we let her go was the Draconians and uh, how they like to play both sides. they're they're pitting people against each other. and that's something I've actually heard quite a bit. Um, even off of paratruth Radio, I, I've seen videos. Or, uh, when I was doing Beyond Reason, I I talked to maybe one or two people about that as well. Um, so it is interesting that she kind of confirms that for me. Um, and it is also interesting that she kind of brought up two separate types of grays which is something else I've heard. Um and the the one set of grays are good and the other set are are not so good and those were the ones that abducted her where she needed to be saved from. Um so it was all it was all a great conversation um and, and I appreciate her telling her story because a lot of people do have PTSD like she said um about that but not nothing out of the that struck me as as uh, surprising or different. Just confirmation. But what about you?
0: I think I'm in the same boat. I mean, a lot of confirmation. I mean, there's there's more like she there, are obviously more races that I've never heard of before. We've heard a few of them, um, but you know I I think the amount of detail she goes into, not just. In regard to the various races, but then just her own experiences with abduction and how um, her saviors kind of showed her things and taught her um, more in depthly about the the world, the universe, and of course the extraterrestrials themselves and what's happening uh, is really pretty cool. Um, you know, we don't we don't hear too much of that uh, anywhere, let alone in the paranormal community, and. <clears throat> you know, I think it's, it's interesting because, you know, like she said, you know, it's, and like you just said, it's, it's very difficult for some people to, to come out and share this type of story because either the PTSD or fear of ridicule, you know, um, mm-hmm. we've, and I get it, I understand it. Uh, you know, I, I think there've been plenty of instances where, is I've known something or believed something and hesitated. I mean, even now I sometimes hesitate depending on the circle that I'm in, you know, whether it's at work or just like certain friends where I'll stay hush hush and not bring up the paranormal ghost or anything because it's just kind of frowned upon or people don't believe in it. Right. Uh, and, you, you know, I, I think for, for those of us, you know, people like you and I who who connect with people like us, it, it's very easy to talk about this stuff. So, when you're in a position where you're like trying to share your story, hopefully with people who are interested in it, but even more so with people who don't believe it, you know, I think it is scary, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I honestly, w- just with her conversation, like I I thought it was really interesting. And the re- reason I brought up the religion stuff, because of how similar uh, her story was in, in terms of uh, having, humanity share this information about the extraterrestrials and how it's got to be by word of mouth and it's not going to come through the governments you know it's, it's similar to 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 stuff and uh, you know hate to bring it up but like christianity you know there there's you know when, when jesus was talking about you know, about the kingdom of God and telling the disciples to go forth and proclaim the kingdom of God. It was the, the Pharisees, the churches, the governments who were trying to stop him, trying to uh, denounce that belief system, trying to stop it in his tract and distract people. And here we are, um, the land telling us the same thing. Uh, and of course, in a very different environment nowadays. Uh, and in this case, it's the extraterrestrials who are telling people to go out and proclaim what is to come and who they are but be careful because of the governments who are going to try to snuff it out and they want to hide it and and i'm sure it has a lot to do with similar to any of the religions you know the the churches and the governments they all just want they want power and so they try to use fear and they try to shut things down uh these stories down so that they can hold on to that power as much as, as hard as they can uh and i just thought it was really intriguing
1: yeah and it's it was interesting that she did bring up the the distraction uh aspect of it and um I think more and more people are finally coming to the realization that they are our governments are trying to distract us from not just extraterrestrial but distract us from what they're doing behind the scenes. Right. And I appreciate her speaking in code, but (laughs) I I don't care if uh, as, as small of a show as ours is not that we don't love all of our listeners. Um, but we're not on the, you know, the top five podcast list and stuff like that. I don't think we're going to get as noticed. Um, but I do appreciate her trying to protect our show.
0: Sure. I mean, but you know what? And, and and yeah, I think you can say you don't think um, that our show would be noticed. And sure, we're bigger than what we were a couple of years ago and years before that. Right. But there are certain words that, you know, you have to think like with all the technology that does exist, there may be some sort of an algorithm that's like, oh, they said this word.
1: No, this came be, from this yeah.
0: source, you know, <laughs> who knows how deep it runs, man. It, it's it's the government's crazy. It's true. And so are many they just encourages. hear government
1: and Eric and Justin are in federal prison for hey, Amen. <laughs> uh, so if you don't hear us next week, folks, you know what happened.
0: Um <clears throat> it was all Justin. That's what I'm do- That's what I'm telling them It was all Justin. <laughs> Save my ass.
1: I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even want to do the show. He twisted my arm. He said he had a new girlfriend and he really wanted to start doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, th- thank you to, to Elena for being on the show. I, I, uh, it was a great discussion. Um, something that, that we haven't talked about, as you said, in a very long time. Um, so, as I have said numerous times, we are trying to add a little bit more than than uh, what we've been doing, which is kind of like psychic, uh, and, and which witches or or witchcraft and stuff like that. We're we're trying to add more into our show again, um, so we will be having more and and different episodes to come on different topics. But next week, um, we're going to be bringing on. Christy Robinette, who wrote a book called "Embrace Your Empathy," make sensitivity your strength, and uh, I think empathy is one of those things that not very many people understand compared to like just being a psychic medium. So mm-hmm. it, it should be a good conversation, and an interesting one. Um, make sure you're checking out all of our episodes. We've got a lot of them. Uh, interestingly enough, this is episode two ninety eight one more episode till we bit uh get to the big three zero zero three hundred episodes eric what do you think about that
0: dude it's it's crazy (laughs) it's exciting it's exciting you know i mean i remember our 200th episode so it's insane to think we're another hundred in um man i don't know i don't even it's exciting (laughs) that's all i got
1: (laughs) Well, stay tuned, folks, for all the great things coming from Paratruth Radio. Um, Hopefully, within the next few months, here we might have an actual another episode where Eric and I are in the same studio again. Um, Mm -hmm. We actually may go have a chance to go together to see uh, Evergreen Podcast's new building. So that'll be exciting. Um, So until. All of that and until next week where you'll find us same cha- time same channel. My name is Justin.
0: And I'm Eric. Peace. This.